You're listening to a 9to5.cc podcast. Hey everyone, just a quick reminder that if you're going to be making any purchases on Amazon.com, Amazon.ca, or Zazzle.com, please go to www.9to5.cc first and click the links in the sidebar or at the bottom of the page to support the site. It makes no difference to you, but it really helps us out a lot. Enjoy the show. Thanks. Welcome back, everybody, to a very special episode of the 9to5 Entertainment System, where we talk about things and you pretend that you're our friends. What do we talk about, Scott? We talk about Oceaga. We talk about Guns N' Roses. We talk about the 77 concert. 77 Montreal, bro. Montreal. Punk rock. Oh, that's MTL. I get it. We talk about Muse. We talk about Blue Skies Folk. And we talk about Run the Jewels, John. We talk about Chester Bennington's suicide. We talk about Sloan. We talk about the tragically hip Arcade Fire, Rogue One, A Star Wars Story, T2, Judgment Day, and Keeping Your Stick on the Ice. 9 to 5 Entertainment System, the official podcast of Sloan's greatest band, Scott McIver. Woo! Good, but this is fucking amazing. <laughs> uh, hello, Montreal, and welcome to the Nine to Five Entertainment System. I'm excited. Do you know what I'm excited for, John? I'm gonna guess Oceaga, you? but that's because moments before starting this recording, we talked about what we'd lead with, and what it was we'd Oceaga. Lead, we'd lead with Oceaga. So yeah. we're talking about Oceaga. Yeah, I gotta start paying attention to the pre-show notes. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, Oceaga tomorrow, you mm-hmm. guys. Which I initially. Um, I was I was not concerned. I had ish, not issues. So are you guys familiar? We're going to like pre-start the Oceaga. Are you familiar with the $74 million construction that's going on at Park John Drapeau? Not a tiny little bit. Okay, so I sent the link in the email thread today. It's They're building. Here's the part that this is. In no way does it really directly concern Oceaga business. Except that Oceaga takes place at this Oceaga part. takes place at it. They're building right. a giant, what they call like air quotes, natural amphitheater around for the uh, the venue space. Okay. The screen's going to turn off. The, around the venue space of Oceaga. Uh, like, they're going to turn, like, I think they're going to, like, basically, the, like, the big hill yep. that's there, they're going to, like, cover it in concrete, it looks like. Which I okay. feel is not cool. Well, if it, may, if it makes it into, like, a neat little amphitheater, that could be kind of cool. Yeah. Except yeah. it's a giant green space. It is a giant green space. a lot space. of concrete into a giant green space. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, like, you look at the, um, the aerial photos yeah. of what it's, like, predicted to look like. And it, it's just, I don't know. It, it looks like the Olympic Village. Kind of. Like a big concrete pit. Like a big yeah, exactly. That's it. And, like, and, and, and that's not really Oceaga's problem. That's like the city and the park that's designing this to be a venue, I guess. Like, yeah. I mean, I don't know. It must be a lot to keep up the with the... Um, the grass? The grass and the groundskeeping and whatever to have like hundreds of thousands of people just like trample through this green space. I mean, yeah, but those hundreds of thousands of people are all paying like 300 bucks a weekend to hang out on there. Like Not to Montreal, though. To yeah, Oceaga. to Oceaga, you know? Like, okay, but the Oceaga the pays the city a certain amount for access, right? Like this isn't... Right. I, I'm just saying, there's, yeah. I, just, I feel that there's like, there's, there are considerations. Apparently, they're making some cool walkways and stuff around it. Like, they're, like, this space, I mean, I've been going for years, sure. really, like, since I was, like, a kid for Vans Warped Tour and stuff like that, has always just been, like, it was just sort of like, we got this big empty space on an island, let's throw up some stages and let's do this. Mm-hmm. It was never, like, intended, I think, to be, like, the premier massive concert location for Montreal, right? Because like, the Northeast. Yeah, well, that's it. Yeah. I mean, like, we have Metallica just played there. Guns N' Roses are playing there. You have Oceaga that's hosted there. You have Heavy MTL, usually, that's in an off-season because... Again? It's Yeah, because... They do it every other year? No. No, the, this year it was literally because Guns N' Roses and Metallica were playing and not part of Heavy MTL. <laughs> like, there's only so many, like, heavy metal dollars that are going around, right? Like, in terms yes. of, like, these people are... Uh, these people. What do you mean, these people? Metal fans uh-huh. is what I mean when I say these people. Mm-hmm. Are, like, gonna shill the money to go see probably both Metallica and Guns N' Roses and then to be like, yo, you got another 200 bucks lying you know, around for Heavy on MTL? on that subject, they have Guns N' Roses ads in front of every single uh, movie at Fantasia and so I've been seeing that ad a lot Mm -hmm. Axel sounds real good in that ad I don't think Axel's gonna sound like that (laughs) when when you see him live and I feel like there's some deceptive marketing happening there (laughs) might be I don't know I heard some of this stuff when he was with ACDC and it wasn't it wasn't not awful really it wasn't ACDC I was kind of like that's Axel Rose and Angus Young hanging out I feel like every time anybody talks about him on Reddit, it's everybody mentions that he can't, he, he doesn't have the pipes anymore. But that was a lot of that was like that 10 years ago, yeah, Chinese yeah, but, I th- but I, exactly. Thing. But I think, I think he may have rested up a little bit, hmm. 
Like from what I, I saw, some of the the footage from uh, Coachella last year, and he wasn't. It was not like certainly not heyday Axel, but it right. wasn't like a disaster. Like I found Dave Mustaine to have his voice be way more shot than Axel's voice. Yeah. So who knows? Yeah, anyway, you know Dave Mustaine. So anyway, so they took off uh, the year for Heavy MTL. They as a trial run last week, which I was also at. They had seventy seven Montreal, which is like a, a trial for Montreal to have a punk rock festival. Mm-hmm. Because the thing that was happening at Heavy Montreal was they were kind of like booking punk bands also at Heavy Montreal. And then people bitching it's not metal. There's and people kind of bitch, yeah. but yeah, exactly. That's it. Because as it was, like original Heavy Montreal lineups used to have, um, like, Saturday was like classic metal, mm-hmm. and then Sunday was like new metal. So you'd have like a band, like, you'd have like Slayer and Iron Maiden on Saturday, and you'd have like Disturbed and Rob Zombie on Sunday, right, or whatever. And then that not, not the worst, not the worst. And no. like, and I mean, like, I think it's acknowledging the fact that you're like, I'm having a metal fest. You're like, there's a lot of genres that you're like, a lot of genres and tastes that don't all overlap and are still kind of like metal. Right. And the last time I was at Heavy Montreal was uh, a couple of years back, where like the headliners were uh no effects iggy pop then faith no more and so i was like, like punk punk rap rock kind of exactly yeah. i was like and i was like like you have like no effects is like pure punk yeah. uh iggy pop is like glam punk he's not even like very heavy you're if right. you're like if you yeah. want to be like like faith no more i guess is the most heavy of those three bands they toured with metallica and Guns N' Roses. yeah but i was like <laughs> no but i'm just saying but like like they have like like, like heavy like guitar bits and stuff like that but they're really not metal like you know like it's like they're heavy maybe but like calling them metal is you you could argue that they're the first rap rock group. You could argue that they're prog rap metal. Like yeah, you know, like there's exactly. a lot of but I mean, but like neither one of those new metal. Like yeah. all three of those people are like barely metal, right. and those were like right, your right, headliners right. for Saturday. So anyway, so they had this festival that they sort of had a trial run this Friday, this past Friday, I should say, called Seventy Seven Montreal, which was like just uh, like punk ska and hardcore. How was it? It was fun, man. Yeah. It was like it was that really was a good lineup. It was yeah. really cool. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So like the 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 big out of town lineups were uh, Bouncing Souls, uh, Madball, which is like a super old school uh, hardcore band out of New York. Mm. Uh, they had X, who are like who were a punk band like in 1977, which is like the year that the birth of punk happened. So like, right. they were the only band, and like they had the Vandals. Like a couple, a bunch of the bands kept putting over the X like more than the actual headliners. They were like, "You guys are gonna see the X later today." Like there was only one. You're, this is a festival called 77 Montreal. There's only one band here that was around in 77. <laughs> like and there's like there's not a few. There's not many bands like left that were around in 77. And this yeah. is like one of them. It is the first time X has played Montreal in 30 years. <laughs> like. The last time they played was 87 or something. And did they deliver? Yeah, X was great. I was a little shocked. Uh, what's her name? Exodine or whatever, the, the lead singer for the X. Okay. Uh, totally totally had pipes on her still, like totally sing. I'm going to assume this is not Jamie XX. No. Or X. any way related to the XX. Not, not at all. It's just I X. see. There's only one X. One X. I got it. And then the, uh, the big headliners were uh, Dropkick Murphys and Rancid. Mm-hmm. And then uh, for the encore, which was like super fun, they Rancid like called out the Dropkick Murphys, and then they played like two bands like at the same time doing like Ramones covers and like Johnny Cash covers, Wicked. and like, ACDC stuff. Yeah. It was just like kind of like ultimately like what you want at the end of a festival. You're like the two bands are just like out there jamming and playing like classic punk stuff. Fucking so, ripping it up. Yeah, exactly. Bunch of drunk punk. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're just sort Dropkick of, like, Murphys and Rancid. No, but that's it. I mean, like, like, like they're like you're. The crowd's been there for ec- who knows how many hours. Like, if you wanted to show up, let's say, for, like, Bouncing Souls, you showed up at, like, six. So you've been there already, like, four or five hours. If you showed up the whole day to go see, like, all the Montreal bands, you showed up at noon. So you've been there, like, ten-plus hours, and then they just start, like, singing, like, TNT by, like, ACDC, and you're like, oi, 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 and you're like, yay, it's a great time. This has been some great talk about Oceaga. Wait, we also went to 77 Montreal. I <laughs> talked to a bunch of the bands. You can look at the website. Anyway, yeah. but so just going there, the venue now, or at least the temporary venue, which I guess is going to be this year and next year, okay. uh, because the Park John Drapo construction project isn't going to finish until 2019. Mm-hmm. So it's they have this weird like makeshift. They threw some stages up on the area that's usually the Grand Prix track. Okay, that's very weird. Like you literally walk across the Grand Prix track to get onto it. There's like tire walls. And okay, stuff. okay, whatever. So they're doing. They there's adjustments made with the construction. Exactly. That's yeah. it. So and it's also a long walk. Like you get out of the metro and you need to walk for a good like 15 plus minutes to get to the venue. So okay. anyway, so like I said, all that stuff going into Oshiaga, uh, like just venue wise, I was like, eh. like I was like, what's going on here? I hope it works out. Who Oshiaga? Oshiaga is a weird list of. 
bands that are performing. Yeah. Uh, bands that are in the middle of the pack there are the ones that I really, really would want to yeah. see. Because so, yeah. the headliners are The Daily the Headliners. Weekend, the Weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Muse yeah. and Lord. Right. Okay. Not right. exciting. So but other bands well, the only, okay, the only thing is, though, I will throw this out, and I've had this argument with Sarah a bunch of times. Okay. Sarah really dislikes Muse. Uh, yeah, because they're terrible. But when they're good, they're really fun. Like, I'm like, are you saying that you wouldn't, like, have a good time when they, like, rock Knights of Sidonia? Okay, no, you're going to be like, whoopity-wee, yeah. Knights of Sidonia. Yeah, but as Muse, Muse always has the problem, okay? They take the alternative that was, like, in music in the 90s, they put it back into music, and then half of their alternative is terrible, and the other half is okay. And you never have a full song of goodness out of them. There's always bits of the songs that are fucking dog shit. Yeah. But then, in the middle of but the they, pack, but, uh, and, with... and also, just like, the, the follow-up to Muse, before we jump to the middle of the pack, yeah. was that apparently their, like, live shows are, like, fantastic. My, I wouldn't know about that. My, my feeling for it is, like, I don't know who this disparages more, uh, it would be like if U2 was headlining. You wouldn't not go watch you know, like, I'm like, and I do not like... Yeah, yeah, I would not make, go watch fucking you, YouTube. No, but if you're there anyway, I'm like, it's not necessarily oh, going to be okay. the... It's not going to necessarily be the one, the band to get you out there. But if no. you're there anyway, you're like... Uh, yeah, I guess you kind of owe it to yourself to just There's no way them, that the music show is a YouTube show. Like, no, 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 no. But I'm just saying, but it's like that same kind of a... Like, you're like, okay. But other bands that are playing, uh, Major Lazer, yep. Justice, okay. NGMT, Die Antwoord. Yep. Uh, fucking Run the Jewels. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. DFA, nineteen seventy nine. Yep. Like Cage the Elephants. There, Father John Misty, Broken Social Scene. Uh, was the other stuff? Uh, Bell and Sebastian. Which I mean, like oh, they're quiet, but I mean, like it's still I will enjoy seeing Bell, sure. Bell and Sebastian. De La Soul is there. God damn. Yeah, like the the lineup is like it's like it's 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 strongly mid stacked. Like there's that's no, okay. Which is cool, though. Yeah. Which is almost yeah. like better in a way, where I was like, oh, I'm going to like bounce around and see like a whole bunch of these bands. Right. And, and How many of them would you have not seen if they had booked you too, right? <laughs> and all of, like, all of the budget had gone to like yeah, a much exactly. bigger that's headliner, it. you know? I, just, yeah. I feel like it's weird that n- some of those bands aren't headlining where Muse should be headlining. Like, a lot of people fucking love Muse. I, yeah, I do. do not get that. Well, I mean, but like even then, like they had Lord. Lord was there two years ago, uh, but she wasn't the headliner. She was behind Arctic Monkeys. Like that was the the year I think twenty twenty fourteen where the headliners were uh, Outcast, Jack White, and Arctic Monkeys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And those are like that's three big acts also as your headliners. Who I would gather is would be bigger. Alabama Shakes is there also. Crystal Castles is there. Like nice. I'm like there's a good smattering of like I was like oh. I was like, there were, there were no like names that really jumped out, but then as I went through the lineup going into further, I got... Well, all that sounds like fun. You know what I'm going to be doing? What are you going to be doing, buddy? The Blue Skies Folk Festival oh. in rural Ontario. <laughs> I will have to bring back some very important reports about what's going on in the world of uh, rural Ontario folk rural music. Rural Ontario folk. Is there like a... I mean, obviously, there's... Uh, you, you, I think you went last year, right? And it nope. Was like, no? Nope. Nope. Missed it because we were doing something for the site. Possibly Oshiaga? No, that was two years ago. Oh. I don't know. I don't know, man. Whatever. It didn't go. Eh. Either way, though, so you're gonna you're gonna report back with folk. I shall. <laughs> anyway, it's I'm weird that Bell and Sebastian is playing Oshiago while John's <laughs> missing out the folk. Yeah, exactly. Keegan and Sarah and Bell and Sebastian are at Oshiago. Just exactly, but I feel that this is a more like grassroots folk festival than yeah, a, yeah, than a super, Bell and Sebastian, Keegan and Sarah yes. situation. Anyway, all that yeah. to say, I'm pretty excited for Oshiaga. Like, uh, I was, uh, it was really funny at the beginning of the year. I was. Uh, I had like run the jewels on my like list of shows I wanted to go see. Like we almost went to Boston because uh, see RTJ. Well, not to see RTJ, but there was a Boston Calling Music Festival had the, the headliners were Tool and Weezer, and run the Jail, run the jewels were also there. And Jesus, I like, and I was like, ah, that'll <laughs> that be sounds fun. like a fun night. Yeah, and then so and those are headliners. Yeah. <laughs> hey, yeah, exactly. I was like, I'd almost put run the jewels on stage, but that's like, maybe just me, like. But that's for sure. Just especially in Montreal. What you think that they don't have a bigger pull, or they yeah, they do not have a big pull in Montreal. The hip hop scene in Montreal is not. Yeah. But yeah, and they huge. but they also. Play, I think, they, I'm trying to think of the last hip hop artist to be on it. I think Kendrick. it might be the Kendrick. Yeah, Kendrick that, was the, the last year two years ago. Kendrick was headlining a day, like, and that's that's legitimate. Yeah. <laughs> that's and like, that's that's on the the back of what people have called the greatest hip hop album of the last ten years. Yeah, right? yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so yeah, run the jewels. I mean, obviously they wouldn't be. I mean, Outcast was two years ago also, and they're that's they're like 
classic hip hop in a way, in a sense. <laughs> like they've been around twenty years. Like it was their twentieth anniversary, I think, mm-hmm. was the reason of the tour. But yeah, Run the Jewels, they were here in the in springtime, and I was just like, I forget, I was out of town or something. Killer Mike is so angry, so angry. If, well, there's a lot to be angry about if you're an American hip hop artist <laughs> who publicly endorsed Bernie Sanders. Yeah, <laughs> he's so angry. Uh, His Twitter feed is just nonstop. Just, just kicking at the darkness. <laughs> uh, but yeah, anyways, yeah, Run the Jewels was on my uh, on one of my like. Go concert, go see Bucket List. And it was like, we, said, we almost went to Boston. We didn't get to see them. They were here in the spring and something worked out that I didn't get to hear. And then I was like, yeah, they're coming to Oceaga. I was like, hmm. I'm going to get to see Run the Jewels finally. And uh, again, also apparently they're like stupendous live, like tons of uh, tons of audience participation and talking and being funny. Because they're, they're a rap band that is better the louder they are. Like if you're listening to them on your headphones, you have to turn them up. Louder, <laughs> and that's that's not true for all of hip hop. Some yeah. of it is fine. Like Delesso like, is there. <laughs> you don't, Delesso, you don't, you don't need, need to crank Delesso. <laughs> but the louder you listen to RTJ, the better it sounds. And yeah. having them be there with giant amplifiers, yeah, 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 yeah. sounds awesome. Yeah, I think it's gonna be fun. All that to say, I'm excited for Oceaga. It was good times, and it was good times at 77 Montreal. I suppose is also mm-hmm. the the takeaway. And I hope that there gets to be another 77 Montreal because I was like, like I was, that was telling Was Scott, it well attended? Yeah, it was well. Like it was really nicely like packed. Like apparently there was a good number of people there who like showing Scott pictures of when the gates open. Like yeah. there were like a few hundred people for the opening band at 1230, like which is like. It's pretty good. I mean, yeah. all you can really hope for at 1230 on a Friday would be like, well, we're the opening band at this thing. Yeah. A lot of people are probably only paid 60 bucks to go see Rancid and <laughs> Dropkick Murphys and they're. They're not playing for another ten hours. <laughs> hope some some, some hope, people are at work. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Some people really probably bought tickets. Like it was a sixty dollar ticket to, which I mean is it like, was one night or one yeah, day? One yeah, one day, sixty dollar ticket for one day. But I was like a double headline show. Like Rancid Dropkick would play the Metropolis, and there's no way that's under forty bucks. Mm-hmm. Like you know, like as a double like a double headliner at all, man. Ticket prices start at forty five. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, something like, and I'm saying that might be low because they like acknowledge that they're a punk band. You know, like where they're like, oh, we need to keep the prices low because our fans are punk. Bands. Like that's minimum. In fact, two other bands who have been around for like twenty years in a scene, that would be like a sixty, seventy dollar ticket hmm. just to see those two bands. And I was like, at a best case scenario, that'd be forty bucks for those two bands at Metropolis. So like sixty bucks and you throw in like It's probably good for the city when it takes the pressure off of heavy MTL as well. Like, you know, everybody benefits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well I mean and like I said, supposedly they're gonna try to uh if all goes well, the people from seventy seven Montreal are gonna keep the Friday and it's gonna line up before Heavy Montreal. Hmm. So there's gonna be you can either buy like your one day again or you could like buy a full three days for like have a good deal if you go to both. Right. Or whatever, which I think would be fine. If you look at Keith's photos online, that is a diverse crowd. Yeah. Well yeah. There there are some like British green mohawk super punks. There are some like fifty year old dudes there that have lived hard lives. That's awesome. (laughs) They were were thirty (laughs) five. There were there were a bunch of like weird almost cosplay otaku punks. Yeah. And uh, there was a guy in a suit all set yeah, to boy. die in the heat. Yeah, <laughs> a rude boy in a three-piece suit or whatever. That's <laughs> awesome. Just, just w- and I was like, man, I was like, this guy's all dressed up for Time Bomb by Rancid and he is hammered and it's six o'clock. I was like, he's going to be phased down somewhere by the time Rancid plays Time Bomb. <laughs> I was like, they're just going to miss out hard. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was super... There big. were a bunch of like skater punks. There were a bunch of like, like anarchy in the UK punks. Yeah. Uh, Hmm. Yeah, it was cool fun. It was crowd. like a super fun crowd. I mean, because that's like you have that all the way across punk. Like there was, you have like there was hardcore. They had like the obviously rancid and dropkick sound very different. They had some ska bands. There was like so like it was always kind of weird to throw those bands into heavy Montreal anyway. Because you have though like like think about how diverse those people looked at, the at punk a punk show. show, and then like throw in all of the like the metal fans. Who there's like the new metal fans. There's the classic metal fans. There's the Norwegian like black metal, black metal and, yeah. people in white paint and whatever else yeah. like that. So I, I don't, not to say there needs to be segregation, but it's like you can acknowledge that there's only probably a couple of bands that really appeal specifically to like one person. You know, like mm-hmm. like the hard like for sure you saw the like the hardcore kids just kind of like chilling when the X were playing. Because, like, punk from the 70s is pretty, like, chill and melodic by today's standards compared to, like... It's record rock, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's right. it. It's, like, it's more, like, it's a lot closer to classic rock than, like, a hardcore kid who's going to be like, yeah, I just want to 
spin and punch. That's my like it's my dancing style. Yeah. Anyway. So yeah. Hooray, Montreal Festival Town. What else is going on, you guys? Speaking of new metal, I just, just wanna be really sad about Lincoln Parks. Oh. Chester killed himself. Yeah. Yep. Chester Bennington, Bennington, Bennington I think it was. Bennington. 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 Yeah. yeah. I was uh, so weird. Lots of interviews showing up online of him talking about his fight with depression. Yeah. Kind of uh like recently. Like, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, really well, hard. I mean, I mean like, like talk well, to forget, not to say forget, like forget the interviews, but I'm just sort of like y- there's always a question of like cuz he was the main lyricist and like I'm like say what you want about like Linkin Park's I guess execution of their lyrics, but like w- what you want to say about him as a poet, the like the message was certainly depressing. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm like whether like whether you liked his lyrics or not, lyrics standpoint, they, they were about depression almost always. So he was sexually abused, yeah. violently as a small child, mm-hmm. and uh, it was a big strong feature in his thing. Mm-hmm. He and Chris Cornell were super good friends. Yep, the conspiracy circles lit up uh, because apparently both of them were going to come out with something about huge pedophile rings, and okay. they both got killed in the or. According to the theory here, conspiracy according town. to the conspiracy town here, they both got suicided in the exact same manner. Huh. And it was on the anniversary of Chris Cornell's death. So either, obviously they were good friends and he killed himself. Not the, not month the one year. Yeah, the month yeah sorry, the one month anniversary. But it was oh, like... A couple month anniversary, I think. Um, yeah, but it wasn't. It was, yeah, it was there like was some reason. Or no, maybe it was Chris Cornell's birthday or something. There was some connection where it, okay. where it came in. Crazy. Anywho, who knows how much of that is conspiracy madness. But Or... Just sad people. Whatever, man. Yeah. It's a sad story. He had a, he had a ton of kids also. Six yeah, kids, six two kids. wives. Yeah. Not or a, two former wives. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't a sister-wife situation. Yeah. <laughs> six kids and he survived by six children and two wives. No. Six children and two ex-wives. I don't know, man. I was never a fan of his music, so I don't really know. Yeah, but I, 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 think think I, I think I was of the three of us. I liked them the best. I, I, I always, like... Uh, <laughs> I was not a fan of Linkin Park, but yeah. I was never, like... Uh, I, I, it was not because of his singing. I always thought he had like sick pipes and like, could, the, like, like they you had know, a like, style. Like, like, oh, and they, uh, I, I was like, it's I was that like, weird, like slide into a rap in the middle of a. Yeah, I was like, I was like, it was uh, like, I have the word to describe it. The thing that set me off about, or just that I disliked the most about Linkin Park, were sad piano raps, not Chester singing, <laughs> <laughs> like sad piano raps, which he was not involved it's, with. It was the, it was the. Evanescence Daredevil oh soundtrack God. song that fucking part of all the Linkin Park songs. Yeah, exactly. Like the sad piano rapping of Linkin Park was what I disliked. Like Chester's singing was I was like the guy had like really good vocal stylings, could really do like good good screams and good like still hold the tune. Like he was not why I didn't like Linkin Park. They, they also kind of <laughs> stuck to their guns, right? Like that that sound that they had. Sad piano raps. Sad piano raps, whatever. <laughs> that, that was their sound and there yeah. obviously was an audience, right? They had I think the number one yeah, Hybrid one Theory of, is one of the highest selling albums. Like I think it's by still like a significant yeah, margin. Yeah, one yeah. of the best selling debut albums of all time. Yeah. And then even the follow up was like notable Midoro for was was a huge record. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So, I mean R. I. P. That was Chester. one of those yeah. that I was Meteor C D was one of those like god awful end of the DRM. Put yeah. it in a computer, destroy your computer CDs. <laughs> Put it in a computer and then you needed to download multiple programs to run the CD mm. or whatever. I bought Meteora and to listen to it on any media player I had, I just had to torrent it. Uh-huh. Like I put it into my computer and it was just like, you want to play the video? I'm like, no, I don't want to I play the Installing know. program to play the video. What? What is going on? Get out of here, Meteora. Quick time, out of date. <laughs> Stop <laughs> it. Give me back the disc. I was uh, the day day. I think he, he killed himself on the Friday, whatever. And on the on the Saturday, I was at I don't know which. It was a gay bar. Mm-hmm. It was a gay bar in the village, and uh, there was a drag race show. And then the, the bar transformed into a karaoke bar. And then a man was like, "This one is for Chester." And then he sang some Lincoln Park while he was holding his beer up in the air. And I was wow. like. I was like, this is a strange setting. Look, <laughs> I was like, like, if we had been born seven years later, okay, all of the love that I have for cheesy industrial nine inch nails might have been like just channeled, transferred. just transferred into cheesy fucking hybrid theory. You know, like maybe it's just the time of your life that, like, I don't think generationally they're that far off from Nirvana. That idea of like just angsty teenager. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, 10 years later. Yeah, t- yeah. they're good. 10 years later, yeah, right? Yeah, like, yeah. 
That's what I'm saying. I was, I was also, but I, I, as, as often happens. When, when you're 14 and you're fucking grounded and your life sucks. One thing. It, I don't know why. It doesn't even matter how hard you try. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Compare that yeah. to teenage angst is paid off well, but now I'm bored and old. Yeah. It's yeah. the same. Yeah. But uh, I, was gonna, I was like, often when, uh, when a celebrity, especially a musician, dies, I'm like, I'm like, you're always like, ah, oh, people like pour out their hearts, I think, and stuff. And I was like, it's been a long time since anyone has kind of like, like got me like even I mean like I was like sad about like Lemmy and Bowie and Prince but I was like but we've gotten most of their music you those know those like, were like the survived longer than a lot of people would yeah, putting yeah, the drugs exactly. into those bodies I would say the last time when someone like hit me was uh, MCA hmm. like I was like oh, oh yeah. that's kind of ahead yeah. of, ahead of yeah time. you know and I was like like I was like early that and means it's over and there's no more Beastie Boys like like just being like they were like like just like that was like. Oh. You know, it was like that was a bummer. And they were still putting out good stuff, right? Yeah, there was still like it. relevant music coming out of them. Yeah, yeah, and they were still also very like socially and politically active and stuff. Like yeah. they were still like doing it's stuff. Still a show you would want to see live. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's it. And, and you're I just would sort of go like, see the Beastie Boys. Like, oh, it's over. Like I don't know. I don't. I don't think there's many left. I feel the only mm. guy right now who could die, and I'd be like, oh, would be like probably Dave, Dave Grohl, mm-hmm. like Maybe Dave Maynard. I could, I could be, I would be bummed if they didn't get another good tool album or two out. Yeah, I think they still have that that in them. Oh, Scott, thoughts? Is there anyone who you who would like really get you? Because I mean, like, I find it, not to sound super callous or whatever. I find it very hard to like get sad when celebrities are die. Like, I don't really know them. We still have their body of work. You know, I'm like, it's just sort of like it doesn't usually get mm-hmm. me. Like, I could, like I said, I could be sad that there's no new Prince album or no new David Bowie album. But it's like it's not like a like a uh, like it's like. I don't know. I'd, maybe I'm just a jerk. But except MCA was one where I was like, uh, I was messed up for that for like a couple of days. Like I was just like, oh, this sucks. <laughs> mm-hmm. Nobody. Ice Cube. Really? Like Chuck D or Flavor Flav. If if like Public Enemy was done, that would be kind of weird. Aren't they kind of done? Well, yeah, they're not really put... making new stuff. But yeah. if it was like they toured not too too long ago. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. <clears throat> any of the guys from Sloan? That would probably freak me out. I own Sloan. seven of their CDs. Sloan? <laughs> you really should have told me when. Like the good in everyone, Sloan? Yeah. yeah. I'm like a big fan Money of Money City Maniacs. <laughs> okay, well, I'm writing that down. <laughs> Sloan. I'm, I'm taking a note. <laughs> uh, you really should have let me know. I could have probably got you in when they were playing Fairmount. There was like, it's a small venue, and you could have just gone there VIP style. Gotten an interview. Yeah. Could've Been like, hey, guys. Could have probably good. hooked you up with an interview with Sloan, man. You see the good in everyone. <laughs> Next time, like if, if Sloan comes again, I'm do man. I sang that song. Fucking. Do you want? Is this like huh. the next time they come? Do you want I'm, me to? Like, I'm I'm probably the biggest Sloan fan. You know. Okay. No, <laughs> I mean like no, no, no. Prob- got- probably <laughs> is probably is not true. You are definitely yeah, the biggest probably, Sloan fan. I've got I've got their double live album. Like <laughs> I paid for it. Like going to HMV for that shit. Uh, I got uh, Gord Downey. When when Gord Downey dies, that'll be. Mm. That'll be a. But and but <laughs> the one nice thing though is that Gord really gave us a heads up. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. His, did you watch his goodbye concert? That yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm. I wasn't even the biggest hip fan, <clears throat> and I was like, I got choked up a little bit. I was like, uh, like you know, and when when he do- does, you know, pass on, that thing will be replayed on the CBC. Yeah. Again. No, again it won't. Again. It won't unless they wanted to. The CBC took the entire package and gave it to Tragically Hip, and they were like, "This is yours." We will not re-air it. We won't do anything Ooh. with it. Huh. This is good on him. He's like, this was like it was CBC mm-hmm. produced, and they were like, all of the broadcast rights, replay rights, whatever you want to do. If band. you want to, re- if you want to release it as a DVD, if you want to hold on to it, they're like, we're never going to replay it without you expressly like asking. You know, I had not the same experience. I certainly enjoyed listening to the to the concert, and yeah, it was it was like touching, but it really highlighted to me how much this was like a pop band. This was a like a Canadian pop band yeah. that had hits over the years. Saw still a bunch of pop tunes. You know, I don't know, but this like, but I mean, like, but that was the thing. Like, I mean, I, I, I don't know. When I listen to the Tragically Hip, there's a point where they stop trying to break into the American market. Yeah, you can hear that in their albums, and they're just like, we're we're Canadian, we're man. we're Canadian. We're not we're not doing it. It's like right right before up to here, uh, after fully completely. Yeah, trouble right. at the hen house. I want to say. Even even this stuff like nautical disaster and scared like they're yeah, not yeah. they're not trying to get on American airwaves any there. No, mm-hmm. True. Um, yeah, trouble with that. They're just like we are doing whatever we want now. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, no, I mean, like, I, like I said, I was never, I was never a big Tragically Hip fan, but I was like, but there's still something that's like, like what Scott was saying, just like unabashedly Canadian. Sure. You know, where sure. I was like, that was, that was like what hit me kind of harder than the Tragically Hip being done was I was just sort of like, like we're losing something that was like ours. It was like, you know. What's, like, what's the quintessential Canadian band after them? Rush. <laughs> after them. Or Bare Naked Ladies? <laughs> Well, that's if you ask your mom. Like uh, after after <laughs> them, uh, Canadian, yeah, maybe the Bare Naked Ladies, like you yeah. know, in a super weird way. I was like Quebec, we got the Arcade Fire, yeah, like, we have them. But I was like, did I you listen to the new album? I did. Yeah, I it was good. <laughs> it was all right. It was, it was all right. It was a little bit more Arcade Fire. There was a little bit of uh, like uh, like boring stuff in there. There were a couple tracks that I, I found but myself kind of discoy, getting a little tedious. But yeah, the disco I'm all right with. They've always had a bit of the like, yeah, yeah, yeah. the beat. But kind of midlife crisis. Yeah, yeah, like a little darker than like it kind of came up with that uh, in, in 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 Arcade Fire's own special way. Do you remember the third Streets album? So the first Streets album is original pirate material. Mm-hmm. The second album is a grand don't come for free and is like a masterpiece of like. Yes, musical yeah, yeah, storytelling. Yeah, yeah. Yes, uh, perfect. That's a great album. Yeah. And then the third one, the one where he's rich, is where he's rich and nobody cares about was Mike Skinner. I want to say, yeah. like you're like, oh, what? You're he's like talking about selfies and doing cocaine and trying not to get his photo taken while you're, he's like, you're no it, longer relatable yeah. because you're now you're singing about being a rock and roll star. Yeah, exactly. When your entire thing was you were a poor but, cockney but dude, it's kind of legit for him to be like, my state has changed and I'm singing yeah. about what's real I, in my life. I get like, it. You get it's it. impossible yeah. to relate to that as yeah. a fan in the way that you related to. And him the new Arcade Fire album kind of has a bit of yeah. that. Really? Like it. It's yeah. like if you listen to like Don't Bet on Me and uh, and like whatever else like that. It's like a little bit. Of like a little anti-fame and screw this and like also I'm getting older and like I was like what happened to Arcade Fire like the probably the most like literal lyrics that they've had in a like that I can remember like their music is usually like a lot more poetic and stuff mm-hmm. like but like the, like some of these lyrics are just like yeah just a little little dark like dark dark and like shitty here's here's <laughs> what I didn't I I didn't like about it compared to what I like about the Arcade Fire. The Arcade Fire always made me think backwards. And okay. this album made me think, like, what am I doing now? Like, it always explain had, how. There was always kind of a, uh, like, a sappy nostalgic factor or an angry nostalgic factor. Like a, yeah, like a, yeah, no, I'll, I'll get that. Like, a, yeah, or, exactly. A lot of it was, like, being a kid or being a teenager. That was a lot of the Arcade even, Fire vibe. Even that mm-hmm. kind of, like, young 20s, I'm out on my own. Yeah. I'm going to try to find my way home drunk kind of feeling. Mm-hmm. Some of their like heavier, angrier, sure. faster stuff. Like Wake Up. Like wake, wh- wake Up for me is like a very... Or Neighborhood 3 power out. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it had like a feeling to it. And this stuff yeah. made me feel like, man, I got to blog. I got to read some more. I got to be more active. I have to do my job. I got bills to pay. <laughs> like it just, it left me with that feeling of like... And you don't relate? Stuck in the now. Relate or not, it didn't give me the feeling. It's not I like want a, it's, from an, I, I an tell that too. It's not album. as escapist as the other stuff, hmm. or or it's not as what's the word I'm thinking of? One year ago, transportative. It's not. It's not as on this date Facebook as the other album. Well, were. them's are like some fine metaphors. Back. I got bored. <laughs> <laughs> I was bored and I didn't listen to the rest of the album. That was it, uh, guys. We have important movie news to take care of. We because do. it's it's movie news that we have literally been talking about on the podcast for seven months. Okay. It's Star Wars Story uh-huh. Rogue One. John saw it in theaters. I did. Okay. Uh, I saw it in theaters. Scott saw it in theaters later. Then I just did not see it. Yes. Until last week. And it has never been put on the list. And we've it's never... Because Keith's the, the Star Trek fan of yeah. the group. Like, Trek. Trek. I haven't watched a fucking Star Trek movie in forever. You have uh, the Star Trek jewelry. I do have Star Trek jewelry. <laughs> I also have a lot of Star Trek... Oh, no, I don't have... I was going to say I have a lot of Star Trek action figures, but no, I give them all to Jaime's kids just to confuse them. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? Life. Why does a man have no hair? <laughs> Uh, I like so, to think they're Cobra Troopers for them. Just just blue shirts. Yeah, exactly. Just like, whatever, all these dudes. And, like, I have some obscure ones. Like, you know they're the guy who... Or I don't have. I mean, his kids now have obscure ones. You know they're the the guy from the species that they only talk in histories? Like... Darmaka Jalada Tanagra? Yeah. 
I have that dude as an action figure. There's no way his kids know. What's <laughs> just a weird alien face, dude? I love that the idea of Jaime trying to explain this to a five-year-old. Because <laughs> then Jaime will. He's like, no, that's not like an ugly monster. This guy comes from a rich and notable history. When the walls fell. Uh, exactly. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Anyway, uh, so Rogue, Star- Rogue, Rogue, Rogue One, a Star Wars story. I finally saw it, mm-hmm. I, and I mean, now we can talk openly about it because we didn't have we we didn't even spoil it on other shows. So, what did you have to say? What do you have to my, say about Rogue One, uh, Star Wars story? The down points, yes, that we need to get out of the okay. way. Uh, the first and foremost is holy crap! Just recast Tarkin. I don't care how weird it looks. Just put another dude and put Tarkin makeup on him because robot face Tarkin was no good. What baffled me was that there, in the in the press surrounding the movie, everybody was like, pro, pro, like praising the CG effects for him. He looked like a shiny robot man. It's you know what it is. It's the eyes. The eyes look bananas. Hmm. Like I mean, like nothing looks great, but it's like the weird no. glassy, overly like shimmery, shiny eyes that they have on him is just like I'm like, nope, that is not a real the, person. Carrie Fisher robot was a little better. And and Mon Mothma robot was fine. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Like, but all of it was unnecessary. Yeah. Yeah. Like mm. you saw Looper. You saw what they could do to Joseph Gordon-Levitt to like mess up his face to make him look like someone. Yeah. If they would, I understand Peter Cushing. Not an easy guy to put out a, a press report saying. But there's someone, somebody somewhere who looks like Peter Cushing. Yeah. But goddamn Princess Leia, she has one line in the movie. Well, but the weird part is that because Mon, for Mon, someone who Mon looks Moth- like Carrie Fisher Mon in 1978. and Carrie Fisher, mm-hmm. they were not full CG. They were them with like CG makeup on. Okay, well, which okay. I'm like, which, which Look, I also don't get because I was like, we can also de-age people with it's, makeup. It's super easy to sit there and criticize oh, Carrie this. Carrie Fisher, you couldn't. It was just special effects. Carrie Fisher, you couldn't man. make her look like 1977 again. You could do a. Pretty, but then touch just, it up with touch, like you could put young makeup on, then touch it up with CG instead of like the weird CG face mask. Like, just cast someone who looks like her with a little bit. Okay, okay. Of makeup this is such a trivial thing. Anyway, we it's such a trivial thing. But I was like, but, but, like, but, but, but I will say that like until we get that perfect, don't make your main characters be robo people. Like, cause it like every time took me out yeah. at the moment. Yeah, like yeah. every time. Like, Tarkin could have just been shot from behind, and that would have been fine. Cause no, because known. he's like I liked like that aside. I like Tarkin's storyline. It like it the Rogue One succeeded. Yeah, but they at could the, have had the 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 the, the bureaucrat. Arguing with him as he was shot from behind, looking out at the stars. No, I don't think you need to do. Yeah, that. but he's in a lot. It man. Yeah, it, he was kind of one of the main characters. It would have it would have been a little silly. Like I said, the, the, but, the, the biggest thing that I think the Rogue One does that's, that's like the biggest success that it had was, which the prequels tried to do, was retroactively make established characters cooler. And so I think they it succeeded su- with Darth it succeeded, Vader. It succeeded, it succeeded succeed- with Vader in a big way, yeah. and it succeeded with Tarkin also. Like yeah. you really like now when you watch Episode Four, you realize that like he connived and schemed and basically stole the Death Star from this other dude. So, like, it's a cool story arc. You get to see that you're like, yeah, this guy is like next level, like rising through the ranks, cutthroat up through the Empire like a badass. I think you're very totally cool. right about this. And uh, having just rewatched Star Wars for the first time with Debbie, so I had like a kind of fresh look on where that was. I thought I thought it was fun in that movie, and when you come to it fresh, it really does feel like you're part of this really weird political machination. Because when you first meet Vader, he's clearly not on top of the political system. Yeah. But then later on, he becomes that, and he murders this guy, and you're like, well, okay, I guess that that's him doing it. But it felt like it was part of this grander yeah. scheme, and and then they was that was totally well done in yeah. the movie. Rogue One. I mean, I guess we can't go without go without saying before we even get to the actual rogues, whatever. Yeah. Vader at the end of the movie is like absurdly badass. Yep. Like and and again this was yep. exactly what the prequels tried to do to Yoda and failed horribly. Utterly. Was to like like let's take this guy who we know is a badass to every Jedi and Sith. Yeah. <laughs> not not just Yoda. To take the idea of the Jedi and the yeah, Sith. Yeah, they have some shot on Jedi. Jedi's can't see blind sides coming cuz yeah. they're dumb. And the Sith couldn't fight for the life of them. Yeah. But, oh, my God. Like, when Vader's just, like, get like, the, like prepare Darth a boarding Morgan party, yeah. and you're like, oh, shit. Just going to throw down. And he's, like, and he's just walking and just, like, so, like, because we know that he's not going to bounce around and go crazy because he's man-machine. Like, you're like, it's fine. And we're like, yeah. how is he? And, like, he uses no powers that we haven't seen him to use before. He, like, absorbs a couple blaster shots, which is badass. He, like, casually throws people around, and we've seen him throw, like, 
dislodge and throw giant metal things around an empire. So like his force pull. Every tech. one of those moments was something that is straight out of um, Jedi Academy Two. Right. So like the move where he goes yoinks, he force pulls like five guys' guns all at the same time. Yeah. He picks up one guy and throws him into another guy. It's all like, that it's shit like draws a guy like into his lightsaber. Basically. Magical. Yeah. Every every split second of that was was solid gold. Yeah, no exactly. Question. It just was amazing. Yeah. And then it got me thinking. This is like Star Wars sidebar. I was like, how could they have made Yoda cooler? Like, how could they have shown it? And I and I decided it. And there's a way. And it would have been the best. Like, not bouncing around like a friggin' ribbit idiot. The Empire or the Trade Federation or whoever the bad guys Dooku. were at Dooku. that point. Dooku and his idiots yeah. were like, we're going after Yoda. Sends like a goddamn armada at him. And he just force stops all of them. Uh, you'd been like, you know, but like as a viewer, you'd be like, oh yeah, it's Yoda. They're I don't like, even like that. I think he needs, he needs to be the ultimate of subtlety. He just walks in and talks to the right guy and then dissipates the whole no, but, thing. No, but, it's no, like, but, but he has to be able to be useful in a combat he's the most powerful force user but like how much like it would it would have just been like if he were just sort of like like while people were getting out like all these dudes marching at him and him just being like and just like stopping them i think it's it's again I, I it's think a it vulgar display of power like um like a uh, a flash kind of not super speed but precognition he's moving here he's moving here just like the minimal of movement to block every attack yeah, he's like the judo force user who just like every attack that comes his way, he minimizes it and reflects it away, you know, yeah. and just like, and I, and I like feel that, that was yeah. kind of getting angry, but that would still end up being a CG mess. Yeah. and that's I don't want to be a CG mess for Yoda. Well, anyway, stick anyway, to stick to Rogue. But yeah, so that to say, uh, it could have been a puppet if you're going to make him that. Yeah, if you're going to make him like I can see this coming, tick tick, little tiny little wrist flicks to block every attack because he knows it's coming. And that's Dooku, that's what I would have preferred. And Dooku yeah. losing his mind trying to get through him. He's like, "Why can't it's uh, or or even okay, if he doesn't have to force hold them, if they just can't attack him, like his yeah. his Jedi mind tricks are just so much that he's like literally like they're not even attacking and he's deflecting. He's just walking through and everyone's like, "I'm not going to attack this little guy." Why yeah, exactly. They're just yeah. sort of like, "Where's the target?" And like yeah. whatever else like that. And he's just like walking through and whatever. And they were like, "I don't get it." And he's like, "There's no one." There's no threat here. And like them on the other end being like, what are you talking yeah, about? The greatest force wielder of all <laughs> just time. Just like Yoda, is... just like, doo, doo, yeah. doo, 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 just like walking through. Not even like force invisible. Just like his like his mind trick is just like bleh. Non-violence. Oh. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, strolls yeah, yeah. out. Rogue One. So we've uh, been positive. There's a lot to talk about the negative. No, I'm saying also, also, I guess, positive. Just the, okay. the last bit of the, like, the last bit of positive yeah. before we move. I really enjoyed the fact that it presented the rebellion as like gritty people desperate, desperate. Yeah. like you see the main character kill one of his informants immediately they're like when they pitch the story to uh the girl <laughs> this is coming up preview to the negatives yeah. i can only refer to the main character as girl robot uh, <laughs> pilot girl <laughs> guy big guy yeah, little exactly. blind guy when they're pitching to the girl they're like oh you're gonna go Donnie save Tenton. tech guy <laughs> when they're gonna you're gonna go save your father and then behind closed doors they're like you absolutely kill him like you kill him as soon mm-hmm. as you can like like to see the desperation of the rebellion like i really liked the fact that you're like yeah they were willing to do anything yep to get that was like nobility is not a factor yeah, exactly. That's it. Like it's like, also fu- kind of cool the disorganization, like, right? They're all like arguing with each other over what they should best do, as would happen if you got a bunch of random rebels random together. Rebels, into, exactly. That's yeah. it. And anyway, and the negatives. Uh, holy crap! It's just w- characters. They, they didn't have good characters. I didn't. I didn't care about any of the, any of the fucking people on the screen. I like the droid. The no, was his, no. His sacrifice. Oh my was. god, he was so terrible. The fucking writing for that robot is like, oh, I have feelings about this. It is my impression that it's like. No, 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 no. I'm going to stop you right there. Star Wars droids are idiot garbage, not really robots. Why is is C-3PO panicked the whole time? Like, Star Wars, like, whoever programmed Star Wars droids is like a bananas person. So so it's it's exceptionally terrible. His dialogue, everything he says is about feelings and is like, oh, I didn't think that you would, you would, like, think about robots in that way. Like, it's just so... Versus 3PO being like, we're doomed, oh no, oh no. Constantly? Like, that's... All of his dialogue across six movies. Yeah, but it's it's like internalized. He's not like creating emotional connections with other characters. I, I just I thought it was, uh, I don't know. I I I liked the droid also I because I shit. I liked the <laughs> dog shit. I liked the droid for the reason that 
we've established that droids are annoying and shitty. Like, in Star Wars universe, that's what droids are about. They're all sassy. They all have yeah, dumb yeah, yeah. personalities. And they're like, and this is one that we, like, reprogrammed as best as we could. And so you get this crappy personality that's at least different from some of the other crappy droid personalities we've seen. Okay, so... Fem- his, his tragedy was okay. It was... Also, yeah. Alan Tudor fucking dying in another last <laughs> Yeah, they... If the robot would have said, I'm a tree in the wind, I just would have been like, why? <laughs> the one that got me is, like, they're trying so hard, they introduce this entire cast of all of the rogues and then kill them all. Mm-hmm. Spoilers. Uh, it's a good catch. But without... <laughs> whatever, just in man, time. It's, it's eight months out from the fact. They introduce all these characters and kill them all off in the end. And it's like, but we don't have enough time to care about all of them. Correct. The Imperial... Um, the defector, the pilot. Mm-hmm. I was like, they, he has a whole story, and you still couldn't care about him. He like he's friends with girl's dad, who then defects, gets like screwed over by. Um, this is the techie guy who they rescue from the prison. Yeah, no. the yeah. pilot. Uh, who is the oh. who? Forrest Whitaker? No, Forrest Whitaker. No, that that guy is Sal. Um, yeah, no, but but, he, but he's the guy who tortures him. Yeah. Then like the way that they torture him, and they were like, oh, I have this creepy worm snake that eats your brain and people go crazy I'll find out the truth but your mind won't be left yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, ah, ah. then he's fine I don't understand like, Forrest Whitaker's performance but he's like a-okay like I'm like we're, we're now supposed to believe that he has like a broken mind and he's just okie doke and then he dies on a ship yeah and I'm like this guy had a full thing that you tried so hard for me yep. to care about couldn't, couldn't do it same thing with male protagonist I'm, a, I'm gonna read you the character names okay I want you to try to picture the, the actors in their, their makeup and costumes. Okay. Yeah. Jin Urso. Jin Urso is girl. That's girl. Cassian Andor. That is boy. That's guy. Chirrut Imwe. That's Galen Urso. Galen Urso Galen is, is her the, dad. Yeah. We know, we know. Bodhi Rook. I, f- I feel like that's fat guy. Saw Guerrera. That's Forrest Whitaker. Orson Kenrick. Oh. Pilot. Pilot guy. Yeah. <laughs> K2SO. Okay. Easy. Robot. Yeah. <laughs> And Baze Malbus. Uh, Kane Man. Boy. No, no, no. He would have had higher billing. <laughs> we're probably, <laughs> we're probably reversing. Baze Malbus was the, the cyborg guy with the uh, blind. Blind image. buddy. Yeah. Oh, you know what? We, we forgot that one of the um, emperor, or one of the. the, the uh, oh, yeah. The imperial. Imperial uh, guy imperial was, was in that list. Yep. I liked. I liked. I thought he was good. None I, of those. None of those names. Brought anything to me except for Jin Erso. Jin Erso, because and they say they it a hundred times. They yeah. say her name a lot, and they really want you to remember who Jin Erso is. I, there's no way I was going to pull that out without looking it up. It didn't, same, and I saw it like last week. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I liked was seeing the blind guy, like having someone who was like force sensitive and not be like full force wielder, and yep. how that kind of worked yep. out. Also, putting Donnie Yen in more American movies. Damn, it's such a shame, though. Like he gets into the Star Wars universe with this nice character, and then he dies. So now we're, he's not going to come back. Well, like, there's I, there's, the, there's a big fan theory, right? Okay, it's like a huge fan theory that if you just all you need to if you want to Google this, listener, Google uh, Knights of Ren Star Wars artwork. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's it's these guys. It's like and it's yeah. very, like there's the like rogues. there's the heavy, there's the rogue, there's like one with a cane, there's like it's like very like one of them is literally named the rogue, you know, right, like. Right. And like the heavy looks like the guy with the gun, and there's like the the, the sniper who looks kind of like the pilot guy. Like it's so very close. They are obliterated at the end, but I'm I mean like they also threw Anakin into lava. You know what I mean? Like here's I was, the other interesting one: Sol Guerrera. There's a frame, a single frame, as the as his last scene is fading out because he's getting blown up as the as the the star destroyer, not the star destroyer, the, um, the Death Star, star shoots, shoots the, the shoots the ship right or yeah. shoots the the city, and then it like rolls over his thing. There's a single frame of him as he fades out, where it looks like he just ever so vaguely has the injuries that are on the face of Darth. Um, plague, not plague, Snoke. Snoke or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That it's on Snoke's face. Almost, almost looks just like him yeah, in yeah. that shot. Anyway, I don't know about all of that, mm-hmm. but I have no problem with these dudes being like Robo resurrected, totally, like into totally, basically totally. men machine. And I was like, it'd be, I was like, I'd be into it because I'm like, they, they really, really showed the audience that these guys were not really heroes. Yeah. Like, they're not, like, hardcore light side dudes. So, like, how easy would it be to resurrect them and turn them to the dark side? Like, I don't know. Do they count as really going to the dark side if they're not force wielders? Well, they're working with... I guess they're working. They're working with, with Kylo. Kylo. 
You know, like I'm just I, I don't know. I would I'd like it. I would I find that would be kind of cool to just hmm. uh, have that because that, that was the other thing too. Is they were just sort of like <laughs> someone on online was just like talking about presumably like seducing someone to the dark side works sometimes. <laughs> You know, <laughs> they were like the the great big success story was Anakin Skywalker, but then he still turned light right at the end. So like, it's never really worked out for them mm-hmm. to like legitimately have seduced someone to the dark side and like from then keep them. Like the only success story they have is Anakin Skywalker, who screws the Emperor right, right at the end. Okay, so but we're like, we're out into speculation land. Oh so, no, no, what? Wow, because that's not uh, what we talk about on this podcast. I know, but it doesn't I'm, matter when when the freaking ATST walkers show up. I was like, yeah, those things are dangerous. And then oh, they're and they're actually was, dangerous. Yeah. And I will say the one thing that when we get to the ranking of it where it puts it, in my opinion, firmly better than The Force Awakens is at one point from the Death Star, they shoot a spaceship or from they shoot a city. They obliterate a city. Yep. And everyone's like, oh, my God, they blew up a city. That's so messed up. All those people. How could they so casually blow up? They kill like a solar system yeah, in yeah, goddamn yeah. Force so Awakens. Stupid. Everyone's like... No time, moving on. And I was like, people stop and like blowing up a city gives them pause to be like, holy crap, the power that we're dealing it with. It would make sense. They're all desensitized later on. They've all seen it. To First blow- a city, then a planet. And then a planet, and then, and then a solar, solar system. system. Shrug. Yeah. I was like, that, which is still like a major stick point to me in Force Awakens, that that is so casually tossed aside that they blow up multiple inhabited planets. I don't know if I would put this above... A new uh, the, the 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 new one, man. I like. I cared about the characters in this one less than I cared about the characters in. Um, Name the character. Who's the main character in Star Wars: Force Awakens? There's chick with stick, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> see, I and there's uh, Finn. Okay, no, it's Finn. Okay, yeah, and the other one is Ray. Okay, and yeah. then the other guy is um, Pilot I- Man. <laughs> Look, I got two, okay? We didn't yeah. get two for Poe like, po and Kylo and BB-8. Right, Poe. Poe Dameron. And po. Kylo Ren and Kylo. BB-8, which yeah. is way easier to remember than KS. God damn it, I just looked it up and I forgot <laughs> it. Alan Tudyk. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I feel this was like, this is legitimately, I haven't decided which of the original prequels it's better, or sequ- sequels. Well, it's better than all three of the... Yeah, it's better the, than all the prequels. Yeah, absolutely. It certainly is. Not even, and I would, yeah, I would even say... Possibly better than A New Hope, sure. Like been possibly better than New Hope. Like I was like yeah. having rewatched New Hope recently. I was like New Hope, but uh, on the, on the ranking though, New Hope, no way, yeah. New Hope has a big nostalgia bump. But yeah. I was like, which it doesn't just have that. It has well written protagonists yeah. and it has a well written cast of characters. And yeah. this endearing, for all of its endearing yeah, characters for for its many many flaws in a New Hope. I still you can't you can't take away what the I, core of the good I liked, characters. Uh, we, we we talked about this in the email thread. I was like Star Wars story Rogue One. Really, imagine if it was just a six-part Netflix series, and then I would, so we, we would get time, and yeah. we would care about everyone when they died. You'd you can like, even have it this no. weird episodic thing where, like, each episode focuses on one of the rogues, you oh, yeah. know, and then they come together. Here's here's the one point about Rogue One that is super super important. It oh, is wait. a prequel yeah. to the Star Wars original trilogy. Yeah, that is good. Yeah. True. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that is something that. Lots of people spent lots of money trying to do, failing and failing again and again and again. (laughs) Yeah, like if that was episode three, I'd been like, "Yeah." Well, let's let's not forget it was a different time. That was Lucas with uh, ultimate veto over everything, and this is now Disney with putting smart people in charge, and Mm. and it's a different. But and it also tremendously built up my faith in uh, the the off the off main. Star Wars possibilities. So the fact yep. that, like I said, they showed some heroes killing. They, they didn't have a problem like making it darker, making it a little more violent. Like that, you it had a different feel from the Force Awakens. Like Force Awakens really felt like a Star Wars film. Yeah. This felt like, hey, you they, did a Star Wars story. They did successfully not make the whole thing about guys with laser swords, which was pretty cool. There yeah. was like there was like for, there was Force elements in the story, but it was like kept, kind of kept to a minimum. Which I think the whole Star Wars franchise could use a little more of that. Yeah, There's some more restraint with the Jedi. Bullshit. So we're we gonna we're we gonna rank this biz. Yeah, 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 yeah. my my mm. instinct is to immediately above Force Awakens. Personally, I was like, mm. I really like upon reflection, Force Awakens is like diminished in my eyes, and upon reflection, this movie just gets better. It, it's mm. it's above that. It's above Slow West. Sneakers. Above sneakers. Is it, is it above Office Space? Yeah. <laughs> Hold on. So you guys are just starting with this above uh, a new, not a new hope. But, but I think it's. I think Force it's like quite easily above, above Force, Force Awakens. Awakens. Wow. 
I, I and I mean like the the eighth or whatever movie might be better, but I mean like yeah. I just there's so much about Force Awakens that I didn't like. I did not like. I guess I guess Finn, not Finn, the girl, uh, Ray was yeah. the worst written character of all time. Yeah, like Jin Erso yeah. was a better female protagonist than uh, Ray right. was in like, right. a big right. way. Right. Like, which which I also loved personally. <laughs> like just like because like there, there's that whole like if you don't like Ray, you're you hate women. And I was like, no, we Shut hate your, poorly written characters. I hate poorly written characters. <laughs> like, and I was like, I have no, like, I did not like Ray. I had no problem with Jyn Erso, like, yeah. at all. I yeah. dug her arc. I liked her motivations. I liked her distrust of the rebellion. Okay, okay. so above, I didn't see Slow West. Sneakers, man, I have, I have trouble putting it above sneakers, but I could probably can, be convinced. I would put it above Office Space. I don't think it would go bo- above Arrival, which I just saw, just saw in the last two weeks. Arrival was like a, a real film. It had things to say. It was thoughtful. Denis it was Villeneuve. Yeah. And now you know that Denis Villeneuve is taking care of uh, the next Blade Runner movie, and you're like, yes, please. Yeah, yeah, man. I saw him do Enemy, and that was a, a wonderful film. Yeah, as a, I, I mean, I, a smart, smart I hit a hard stop. I'd be at Funeral Kings, and we're still kind of in that same area. Yeah. Uh, I didn't see the Harry Potter. Harry Potter and Azkaban is my favorite Harry Potter. Yeah. That's That's the movie that freaking redefine the the series that stopped it from being chris columbus's yeah but then they they, they shot the bad later but <laughs> the last one the last one's a hard watch but prisoner of azkaban is so you know I, i'm i'm good with that zone if you i haven't seen arrival either mm-hmm. so arrival is really good it's a really good movie i mean i don't know it got a little into conceptual space i think it could have used a little bit more but and again but once well, once it spells out what it's doing and you're like oh yes i'm I'm right there with you. But How are we also are we also accurately giving like nerdgasm bump to that Vader scene? That's the look. If if that thing wasn't in there, I would be putting this far below uh, yeah. the Force Awakens. So, but that scene, if but that if, scene is in there, is yeah. in there, and that, that okay. scene is. Great. That's why it's worth. Like, I remember where we like, are. when you first saw it, you were like. It's worth the price of admission just, <laughs> just for those just, five minutes yeah, at the exactly. end of the movie, like, and, yeah. and I stand by that. But it's still not a great. A great movie up in the front. Like Office Space is a timeless classic. It's fucking hilarious. Mm-hmm. You know, why would why would you put this like schlocky action movie that had a, a tiny brilliant connection to the rest of the Star Wars universe? But otherwise, it's kind of forgettable. I would say below Office Space, above Sneakers, because off like if I'm thinking and, and now what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to retroactively weigh the power of those scenes. Yeah. And Office Space has when they smash the printer. Which is amazing, and I can watch it out of context. Yeah. And it's just awesome. And Rogue One has Vader kicking ass. Yep. So, and I was like, whereas I hit sneakers, and I'm like, I, like there's no scene where I'm like, I want to watch that one scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess Robert Redford's chiseled jaw will not <laughs> will not be better than than Darth Vader yeah, smashing exactly. shit up with his lightsaber. Right, so I think between Office Space and sneakers <laughs> is where. Rogue One goes. Yeah, I'm alright with that. Uh, we're almost at the top of the hour, guys. Uh-huh. Uh, is there anything you want to? You said you wanted to rank. I saw thing? I saw T two after watching Terminator. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so we got to talk about Terminator two, and I think we'll wrap on Terminator two. Yeah. Okay. So Termin- what? So Terminator two, Judgment Day. I love it, and I kind of see its first few cracks of the age starting to show. Oh, yeah. really, man? The performances from fucking. The dude. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the main what's his name? Yeah. 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 Fuck, he's so fucking bad. Yeah. Hurts. Yeah. Hurts. The la- I haven't rewatched it in a really long time, but like I remember when I last rewatched it. I, last, I think the last time I rewatched it, we were in college. Yeah. And even like at college, you're like, oh, come on. Shut up, kid. You <laughs> yeah. shut up, you just, dumb. Like, you're just like, Arnold, just kill him. Like, just like be evil again for like a minute. The, like, the hacking scene where he hacks the fucking um, uh, the ATM. I with can his hack thing. this. Yeah. Beep, boop, 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 boop. And it, the hair flip. Fuck, kid. Yeah. Kid. Yeah. yeah that. Uh, I watched the, the extended the worst... special edition, mm-hmm. which had some crazy weird additions to it. Such as? A, a whole scene featuring Michael Byne. Really? Yeah. What's he doing? Um, you met Michael Byne. He's a good guy. Yeah. After, <laughs> uh, very early on in the movie, Sarah Connor gets dosed after she does her chin-ups thing. Yeah. yeah. She has a whole fucking hallucination with Michael Byne dressed exactly as he was in the Terminator. Oh, yeah. Right. I think yeah. I've seen this. I've seen this on film theory or whatever. Like, Sitting they, they in a room just like... Sarah, we got it. We gotta go. You gotta fight. You can't give up here. Mm-hmm. And like wander. He just got cut him. from the movie. I hope he got paid. <laughs> my, my, Michael Bean and James Cameron. Michael Bean got paid. <laughs> yeah. uh, um, 
Okay, so There's a couple other cool. So Terminator like Two, refresh my memory as to how like it's Terminator shows up again and he's good, and then T two thousand shows up and he's T one thousand, T one thousand, and T one thousand. How do those effects hold up? Because those were like those were mind blowing when you saw them. When you saw Liquid Metal Dude go yeah, through the yeah, thing, yeah, you wonderful. were like, they are fine. They look huh. fine, they, but because you can he tell. looks like oh, it's not um. It's not a, oh my god, that's actually liquid metal. It's like, oh, that's a sci-fi bad guy coming after them who can move okay. around stuff. Right. It doesn't look bad. It just doesn't look like what it was supposed to be anymore, uh, I which will, is fine. I will like, say that, that okay. T-1000, who was the actor? Robert Patrick. Robert Patrick. Like, Later oh on my the god. X-Files. But just, yeah. yeah, exactly. Like, holy shit, does a character get defined by a role? I literally could not accept him on the X-Files. Like, my brain just would not allow it. Like, he's like, let's look at this Scully. I'm like, no! Scully, don't! Have you seen this boy? <laughs> Why aren't you looking for boys? Yeah. <laughs> no, but I was just like, 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 and it was like 15 years after, after Terminator 2 yeah. that just, like, I was like, you are T-1000 forever. Like, couldn't, my brain just couldn't. Uh, I did. I did watch it with the idea of not knowing that Arnold was the good guy in the movie yeah. until that's revealed. Yeah, and they do play those cards really close. Yeah, to the chest. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like when he shows up and busting through, it looks like yeah, yeah. It's the scene in the hallway, right, where like he's shooting over her. No, no, it's no. It's in the hallway of the mall. Yeah, the mall. Yeah, and one he, comes up behind him, and the other one he shoots over her. Boom, there was boom, boom. no yeah. reason to think that he's Schwarzenegger is not there to kill John Connor. Yeah. yeah. Uh, until he starts taking bullets from the T-1000. Yep. And yep. that really sucks that that was ruined instantly in all the trailers. Yeah. Yeah. Because that would have been a yeah, opening game. twist moment. But it's 25 years later, I think. You no, but it, was a bit of, uh, but it was in the trailers. Like, you knew, like, I knew as a kid that... Uh, the toys came out before the trailers. Yeah. Like, I knew as a kid dropped. that he was the hero of the second one way right, before I right, saw right. it. And like, versus, yeah, like, opening night, opening night, seeing that must have been amazing... But you already saw the commercials in the toy necessarily. Like it's a bummer that that was ruined because that would have been almost a Fight Club twist. Yeah, mm-hmm. like holy shit, he's the good guy for sure, for sure, yeah, for but sure. Everyone went into it seeing it. Hmm. Uh, the things that were well, great, fucking Linda Hamilton. Mm-hmm. You talk about your atomic blondes and your fucking Ellen Ripley's. And yeah. She is right there, ready to kill some people. Sweet. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that her performance is on the level of uh, Ripley. Of, yeah, but it's it's James Cameron putting uh, action female action, an action female character into a Arnold Schwarzenegger vehicle. Right. Yeah. And saying, yeah, they can hang. That's cool. That yeah, cool. which which in and of itself is like pretty cool. What's the year on it? Eighty ninety one. Ninety one. I was gonna say eighty nine. Okay. Yes. Okay. And like this is post Predator. This is post Commando. Mm-hmm. This is like. Arnold Schwarzenegger, superstar, biggest name in Hollywood, and putting Linda Hamilton in there as an equal in the fight. Mm-hmm. Like, she almost takes out the T-1000. And it's only... Not ranked Terminator? Did you not update the list? I didn't, no. It's because we did it last week and I haven't updated last week's. Terminator's yeah. right near uh, Conan the Barbarian. Right. Right. We have the, I think it's either right above or below. Just below, I think. I can't. I can't imagine putting it above. Well, yeah, I think it was your guys' love of sword and sorcery uh, yeah, held it down over my love of sci-fi. Yep. That's so. That's I how I remember a, that going down. Now I have a hard problem with T two. I, I don't know which I, one is I, better. And I don't know if it's my just love for originals, but I prefer the first. Like in in a in an almost in an almost parallel argument to Alien Aliens, <laughs> I, I prefer the first Terminator hmm. Terminator Two. The the time paradox stuff is better in T Two, the Richard Dyson and Skynet and going in there to try to change the future, not just is save it better the, than the villain is more interesting, right? Like even even if it's more like authentic to what a robot coming after you would be like in the first one, I was like more interested in the play between Schwarzenegger and Robert Patrick. Yeah. Then. Is it better than Star Wars: A New Hope? Oof. What I'm saying is, if you're, if you're floating, if you're floating around T1 is the comparison. No, yeah. A New Hope is better. New Hope is better. Okay, yeah. so is it better than Hackers? Like I'm saying, this it's tough. There's a lot of really cool, smart stuff, and then there's that Eddie Furlong. Being a big, being a big jerk, just like being, that, that, just being unable to act, just yeah. like that's just, a pretty big negative, man. Like, and that's again, which is also non-existent in the first one. Like in the first one, there's no character that you just want to punch in the face every time he's on the screen. Like for, for, for and like, 
Well, no, but other, than, a, other than Michael Bean's general Michael Beanness, right? Like, yeah, that's what I'm let's saying. not forget he's not fucking delivering a, like a. But yeah, but like, but not uh, like Eddie Furlong. I feel that is he's like he's like acting as directed, and you know, and it's like, and you're supposed to I like mean, him. You're supposed to be like, what a spunky little fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude. No, 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 he's no. got this this whiny bossy thing, whether he's in trouble or whether he's trying to teach the T-1000 to be human and it's just... Like, oh, yeah, that's such a bad scene. Yeah. So... I would rank it below Terminator, personally. personally. Yep. Yep. Again, again... Which is Linda, very high on the list, man. Lin- like, that's Linda like, Hamilton, that's like cracking near the top ten. Like Linda Hamilton kicks ass. Robert Patrick kicks ass. The, the fight choreography... The, the Those special effects were fucking out of this world that, at that the time. That special effect when the liquid nitrogen hits the T-1000... Is it better yeah. than Conan? I don't think so. No. So now you're right. You're you need to decide if it's better than T1. That's I know, all you got. No, it's yeah. really hard. And like I said, I I find it's to me it's an easy it's an easy sell that T1 is better than T2. They uh, are very close. They're both very good. I have no problems with them both being near the top ten. Yeah. It I'm, is also an amazing, amazing sequel. It takes so much of the fan service mm-hmm. from the first movie, and like it's not really fan service. It just creates fan yeah, service. Yeah. It, it's so interesting to see Just come that. on, Scott. Pull the trigger. It's below yeah. T1. I think it's below T1. All right. We'll put it below T1. Yeah, I, we did I'm, it. I'm conflicted. <laughs> but again, I do want to say what they do with Sarah Connor and what Linda Hamilton does. Uh, kicks kicks a lot of ass. Mm-hmm. That's Good podcast, boys. Hooray. Good solid podcasting. Start to finish. Got some music talk, comedy talk. Good Canadian podcast right here. Talked about Gord Downey. Good Canadian boy, Gord Downey. Nine to five entertainment system. <laughs> That's how we're in. <laughs> Christ. Look, if you're a fan of the show and uh, the site in general, uh, please take the time to like us on Facebook. We are number 9to5dotcc, 9to5.cc on Facebook. And uh, also follow us on Twitter. We're at sign number 9to5cc number on Twitter. So, uh, And also be sure to check back on the site for something on Mondays, probably. Uh, we have Zombies and Loathing After the Bomb usually on Tuesdays. We have a new comic in 9to5 Illustrated every Wednesday. A new podcast every week, usually on Thursday. It's either going to be a 90s or a Go Plug Yourselves. And on Fridays, we have Fine Arts with either Sophie and Scott. And, uh, you know, maybe John will even uh, contribute one of his mega articles at some point, too. You can only hope. Alright, thanks. 9to5.cc. We're not working. Why should you? Thanks for listening.